A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. The Zone. Roses are red, violets are blue, and you bet she'll be talking farming with you. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Young. We have got all kinds of things we'll be talking about today, including the weather when Stu Muck, our ag meteorologist, joins us. Good morning, everyone. I'm Farm Director Pam Yankee. Glad you're along with us on the second day of August. It looks like it's going to be a beautiful day today. Dry, sunshine, and 86 degrees. Overnight lows down to 76. Tomorrow, we've got a about a 50-50 chance of some thunderstorms could occur in the morning on Wednesday. 85 are expected high. Thursday, sunshine and 82 as we begin the Wisconsin State Fair. Friday, sunshine and 84 degrees. Honestly, the weekend looks like it's going to warm up a little bit, but for the most part, this forecast is ideal. Like I said, Stu's got weather details coming up. The Wisconsin State Fair is almost here. Follow along with the Midwest Farm Report team as they travel out to West Allis and bring you updates from the fair. Look out for all things agriculture, food, and fun. The Wisconsin State Fair runs from August 4th through the 14th, so be sure to check in and see what's happening. This coverage is brought to you courtesy of Armor Animal Health. Detect, defend, deliver. Check out Armor Animal Health for all your animal products and services. Visit ArmorAnimalHealth.com for more. The ethanol industry continues to be in the news. Renewable fuel standards. What's going on with E15 year-round around the countryside? Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And, of course, uh, ethanol, it's, you look at the places that are buying corn, they're priced a little bit better than the regular elevators. So the ethanol industry does make a difference, Pam, but uh, not without challenges and continued efforts. Yeah, you're right, Bob. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at southern end of the world's longest part of Madison. And that's why I wanted to talk to somebody from one of our Wisconsin ethanol industries, because so many people have been paying so much attention to the price on fuel. Sometimes I think they forget about the components of that fuel. Roland Koenig is the commodities manager for Marquess Ethanol. That's uh, in Nasita. And uh, it's one of our nine ethanol plants across the state that's manufacturing not only ethanol, but a lot of different byproducts. We'll talk more about that with Roland in just a moment. But first, we get started with some of the confusion that people have about what's going on in the ethanol industry relative to the price they're paying at the pump. Roland gives us a little bit of an update on what the year's been like and how ethanol's been performing as far as a bottom line. Well, uh, Pam, actually, this whole year has been good in the ethanol side, in particular in the CETA here for Marquis Energy. Um, with the higher oil prices, typically it leads to better margins for our fuel business. And so it hasn't been a struggle in that regard, even with the higher corn prices. And the big, good thing for us here, our source of sourceability for corn has been really good. We've had a good crop in the state. And so it makes it easier for us to buy corn. So those two things together have made it really a good balance for Marcos Energy here in the CETA. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to remind people, though, it wasn't that way during the pandemic when everybody was basically staying home, not going anywhere. I'm sure Marquess, just like many other Wisconsin ethanol plants, had to really pay attention to how much are we going to make and where is it going to go? That, that's true. Um the, we were blessed in the fact that gasoline prices 
were high, not that we wanted higher, but the ethanol prices were way lower. So that would encourage the blenders to blend more ethanol in their gasoline because, you know, they for 87 octane gas, it's 10% ethanol. So if that ethanol costs less money for the blenders to put it in, they're going to put in as much as they can. And so that, that's been kind of the savior for the industry um, in this go around anyhow. And it's made it cheaper for them and cheaper for the consumer at the pump, especially if they go into like the unleaded 88 market, which is 15% ethanol. They're saving at the pump even more and still getting all the benefits of the ethanol blend. So we have been seeing headlines about how gas prices have started to recede since the 4th of July weekend. Can the ethanol industry and, and maybe the idea that the blenders are accepting more ethanol take part of the credit for that, Roland? Yeah, that's fair to say. Um, sometimes the opposite is true, though. You know, when ethanol is trading higher than gasoline, then they don't want to blend as much, and that's when margins get upside down for our industry. Um, but last year and this year have been kind of the opposite, so it's been really good. And then there's also the export market for the fuel. Um, in this country, you know, we're pretty much up to the mandate. We're blending 10% or more ethanol in all fuel, but worldwide that ratio is only maybe 2%. So there's a lot of room to expand our, our industry throughout the world. And is that uh, market, is it growing quick enough? Uh, do you have to only rely on domestic? How is that international opportunity going in your in your area, Roland? Uh, so far, so good. We've never had to back off production um, because of lack of customers. What it's really been coming down to is lack of freight. Uh, we do truck a lot of uh, fuel out of here, and we also rail it out. And the turnaround on the rail side in particular has been really slow. So that hampers some of those opportunities when that market is stronger for us. And we have to rely more on the truck traffic, and that sometimes that market isn't as profitable. Um, but you have to keep the product moving as the plants run 24-7. Uh, you can't just shut them off and turn them on just like a water faucet. What, how about capacity for Marquess? How are you guys doing? Uh, is, are you at full capacity? And sometimes capacity is not just about the building. It's about the, the employees. Yeah, so as far as the production side, uh, we are producing roughly 100 million gallons of, of fuel a year. And so it takes a lot of, a lot of the inputs, the corn in particular. That's my role. Um, on the employee side, it's a challenge. It seems like we're always looking for one or two more people in kind of the same way now, but we are, I'll say we're fully staffed, you know, 95%, which gets by, puts a little strain on a few of the people if they've got to do some overtime or double time. But so far, it's, it's been hard to find good quality help. You know, the ones we do have are excellent employees, and a lot of them have been here a lot of years, and hopefully they'll be here for many more. Now, uh, what are the ideals for farmers that have never been able to work with an ethanol plant? What do you guys look for as far as test weight, protein? There have been hybrids built just for ethanol production. What do you like to see crossing your scales? Um, basically, we want a corn that's in good quality. Our moisture cutoff here is 17%, so obviously anybody has corn in the bin this time of year, it should be 17% or less. Uh, good heavy corn is nice. The average corn in this, this year has been from last year's crop is probably one of the heaviest on record is about 57 pounds, which is probably two or three pounds heavier than normal. As far as that effect on ethanol production is not as significant as 
is the having the drier corn. You know, we can't store any wet corn. As far as that goes, um, the guys have been doing a good job keeping their corn in condition in the bins. Um, we don't want to reject any loads, so but I have to say 99% of the guys are doing a great job, so we haven't really had any concerns in the 15 years that we've been here. That's excellent. That's excellent. Now, Roland, what about any, uh, say, secondary markets that uh, Marquis might be looking at? Do you have any other byproducts that are being generated at your Nasita plant aside from ethanol that you've got to kind of keep an eye on too? Absolutely. That kind of buffers the, the tough times when ethanol market isn't so great. We also have uh, uh, dry distillers grains with solubles. So that's a uh, high protein feed. It's leftover mash that's been dried from the corn. Typically corn is around 8% protein. And once we dry that distillers after the fermentation is done, now we're talking about a 35% protein feed. And so that market is is also, that's more of a global market. We do a lot of domestic uh, sales here, but that's another key component to keeping the plant profitable. And in terms of that, that's you know typically on a daily basis about 600 tons of material that we're making. Yeah, right. And that's obviously been one of the major staples from the ethanol industry. Talk to me a little bit about where we're going from here then, Roland. You mentioned that uh, Marquis is uh, kind of a privately owned company producing ethanol here in the state of Wisconsin. Do they look at improving volume? Do they look at adding another uh, byproduct to uh, the uh, menu of products that you're trying to work with there in Nasita? What are they looking at down the road? Yeah, so along with that, we also are extruding uh, corn oil from the process as well. And that currently most of that product is going into the, the biodiesel side of things. And that's that's been another blessing for us, and that market's really been hot lately. It's probably tripled in price in the last couple of years. As far as our production capacity, um, this plant is originally designed to produce about 50 million gallons of ethanol a year, um, and like I mentioned earlier, doing about 100 million gallons, so we've already doubled in size. In slower increments, we can do that, but it, a lot of regulation is involved with the EPA and the DNR, terms of what we're allowed to do so we have to take in small steps and and every few years we take that next step and i mm-hmm. assume we'll be stepping it up a notch again here in the near future do you encourage growers to have a conversation with you before the combine start to roll roland i don't know if there's a whole lot that can be concluded but are you still looking for contracts this fall uh open to new customers that way what uh what's going to be happening for you between now and when the dust really starts to fly October, November, we hope. Yeah, yeah, we're always looking for new uh, customers there, Pam. And we're blessed with having a lot of good growers in the state here. Of course, there's competition around. We've got competition to the north and down to the southeast. And so we bump up against some of those customers at different times. Um, typically, they'd be calling around. As a matter of fact, I just had a call this morning from a guy who's sort of out of our area, but his market has kind of fallen apart. And he sees us as an opportunity, even with extra freight. So we may get some of those bushels coming this way. I always like to get to know the grower ahead of time, just to get a feel for their business. And then he gets to know us. Mm-hmm. Just like anything, once you build that relationship, you know, usually it lasts for a lot of years forward. Yeah, absolutely. Got to believe that. All right. Roland Kinnig along with us, Commodities Manager for Marquis Energy out of Nasita. Like you said, 100 million gallon capacity for Wisconsin-produced ethanol 
And uh, if you want to give him a chat, uh, just jump online, Marquis Energy, M-A-R-Q-U-I-S Energy.com. You'll find him there, or you can also give him a phone call direct, 608-565-3596, preparing for the harvest of 2022. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. You're in the construction business, you love what you do, and you're good at it, but traveling all over the state for one job here and there is getting old. When you join the crew at SNR Remodeling, your home sweet home every night because the jobs are local. No nights, no weekends, more time for family, and there's plenty of work so you can stay ahead financially. SNR Remodeling. Apply online at snrremodeling.net. SNR Remodeling. All business owners want the same thing, to make their business succeed. At Rural Mutual, they help that happen. As the third largest writer of commercial business in Wisconsin, they take the time to learn your business so they can properly protect you. Call your local agent today or visit RuralMutual.com. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Wisconsin Farm Bureau is an exciting organization because it has a plethora of opportunities for young farmers and agriculturists, specifically a young farmer and agriculturist program for members ages 18 to 35, where you can learn about leadership development, advocating for agriculture, and network with your peers. WFBF.com. You'll learn so much. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank. We make it easy to access the bankers you know. Bankers who listen to your goals then offer expert advice and solutions that simplify even the most complex financial matters. Virtually or in person, we're here when you need us. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Speaking of hanging on, if you've ever had an opportunity to enjoy a rodeo, have you ever stopped to think about those animals as athletes? I'll tell you what, Allison Lund's got a fun story for us later this morning about uh, how they find those bucking bronx and the big Brahma bulls, sometimes Brahma, sometimes not, that uh, entertain. They are really athletes. Stick around for that. Right now, it's time to check in on weather for a Tuesday, the second day of August. Dumont Craig, meteorologist, joining us live this morning. Hey, does it feel a little bit more like uh, Scotland out there this morning? It wasn't this steamy, no way. <laughs> yeah, I, that's that's what people don't realize is uh, I think in Scotland, Ireland, you're almost always wearing a jacket. Uh, mornings like this, where they're really comfortable, kind of give you that feel but uh, like you said, it's going to it's going to turn the corner pretty quick here. Yeah, real hot, steamy summertime day. A couple of them coming in. 
I mean, I look to the west. There's an excessive heat warning this afternoon from 1 till 8 p.m. all around the Twin Cities. And heat advisories extending to the southwest in Minnesota from the Twin Cities. Right along the Mississippi, still know about Winona. And then turning off further into south central and southwest Minnesota. Heat advisories. They're going to push up around 90 or more today. And add that humidity, the heat index pushing up it to 100, 105 gets dangerous if you're working outdoors you need to take some breaks not that it's going to be all that much cooler in wisconsin but we aren't going to be quite that hot has to do with a warm front pulling up out of the southwest low pressure out in the western dakotas the warm front extends down through the dakotas northwest northeast nebraska excuse me and down into iowa illinois that front marches toward Wisconsin today. I expect we'll have a sunny, very warm day indeed. And with that heat and humidity building in, then some rain chance. It may even develop before daybreak tomorrow, but more likely into the day Wednesday. Some showers or even a thunderstorm or two developing. Doesn't look like a big deal. Uh, Rainfall amounts in the 10th to maybe near quarter inch range might be about the most we see. Unless there's a thunderstorm in your neighborhood, then it could produce a bit more. But that rain will all dry up. And in fact, as we head on toward Thursday and Friday, drier and cooler, more like normal, at least for Thursday, sounds very fine. We warm it up toward the weekend. Another hot one returns by Saturday. And then late Saturday night or Sunday, some of that rain chance may try to wedge back in once again to keep that weekend uh, wrapping up a little more on the damp side. If you're getting hay off, though, moisture wouldn't be a bad thing. I'll have forecast details right after this. My name is Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. Every time we have a solar system going up in the neighborhood, people are walking by, they're getting their kids out to come look at it. They want to see what, what it is and talk about it and, and understand it. And, and the, the best way to find out if it works is talk to someone who has solar. You probably know someone who's gone solar and, and knows a little bit more. If you have a neighbor that has solar, talk to them. See what they're saying. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com and start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. As a dairy farmer, you depend on your milk receiver pump. McFinn Technologies of Kenosha introduces the impressive Bowpeller pump. It's quieter, there's lower maintenance, as the seals last much longer than your old milk receiver pump. It offers a more powerful cleaning cycle with higher velocities, and it doesn't degrade the quality of your milk. Ask your dealer for the Bowpillar Milk Receiver Pump, patented by McFenn Technologies, an American company committed to providing a better product for the dairy industry. All righty, Stu, let's have that forecast. All right, well, let's say sunny and pretty warm today. A lot of upper 80s. There may be a 90 at La Crosse, and the south and southeast winds will be around 5 to 15. Partly cloudy overnight. We stay in the mid-70s, real warm overnight, and there is that slight possibility of a late-night, really early morning shower or storm. South winds 5 to 15, gust near 30. Partly sunny, hot, windy, scattered showers. Could be some thunderstorm activity Tuesday. I'd expect mostly heading toward midday or into the afternoon. We'll hit the upper 80s. There'll be a 90 here or there. And the southwest winds stay strong, 15 to 30 miles per hour. The rain should end Wednesday night. So by Thursday, back to sunny skies, near 80, maybe an upper 70 here or there. And a northeast wind about 5. Sounds a lot more comfortable Thursday, Pam. Mid-80s on Friday. And back up around 90 or so already by Saturday. So ooh. heat doesn't stay away long, but we do get a little break. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Well, and, you know, no severe weather, at least right now with those 90s. That's the other thing I always think about uh, with the Wisconsin State Fair starting on Thursday. And, you know, big crowds probably for the weekend. You don't need any of that severe stuff like they had last year. 
Right, yeah, and the chances don't look too great, even as I talked about the weekend, maybe mm -hmm. something happening, but right now it doesn't look major, so that should be a pretty good summer weekend on the way. All right, peachy dandy. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow, Stu. Thank you. You bet. Take care. Stumach, our ag meteorologist, with those weather details that you're looking for. Now, remember, like I said, we've got details on rodeo athletes, namely the animals that uh, are featured in that show. That's coming up with Allison Lund. And if you're a consumer that tends to think when you go to the grocery store, chicken is the protein with the best deal, Stephanie Hoff's got a story that might change your opinion about that. Stick around. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. You're no stranger to hard work and eating right, but your abs are more like flabs. Carbon World Health offers MSculpt, an FDA-approved treatment for men who want to transform their physique. One session is equivalent to 20,000 crunches without the painful recovery. Melt fat, build and tone muscle, then start getting the results you're looking for. MSculpt at Carbon World Health. Learn more at CarbonWorldHealth.com. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank, your local independent bank. We are the premier provider of commercial, treasury, mortgage, and private banking services. Our team blends experience with the latest technology to make banking easier. We provide the advice and solutions you need. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Because of you, someone gets to go home instead of working a double. Because of you, call lights will be answered a little bit faster. Because you are the Bright Star in that facility. Bright Star Medical Staffing is looking for caregivers and nurses. Bright Star believes providing the highest quality temporary staff means better care. It's the reason you got into healthcare in the first place. Be the Bright Star in someone's life. Work with Bright Star. Apply today at brightstarjobs.com. New kitchen, new bath, you can increase the value of your home without draining your savings account. AF Construction has easy finance options. For a limited time, 12 months, same as cash loans are available with approved credit. See the website for details. AF Construction, your local hands-on remodeling contractor, offering line item estimates and eye-popping results. For your free consultation, visit afconstructionllc.com. Get ready for a remarkable new look. United States Deputy Sheriff's Association is a national nonprofit and America's largest non-governmental provider of services to law enforcement. USDSA assists city, county, state, and federal law enforcement agencies through our many varied programs, including free safety equipment donations, free officer survival training, cash donations, and condolence letters to the family of law enforcement officers who perish in the line of duty. USDSA also offers college scholarships for the dependent children of law enforcement along with the Citizen Awareness Program and thank you cards to law enforcement. These are just some of the ways United States Deputy Sheriff's Association assists America's law enforcement and the citizens they serve. For more information about United States Deputy Sheriff's Association or to see how you can help, visit www.usdeputy.org. United States Deputy Sheriff's Association, taking training to the next level because lives are on the line. 
Looking for extra cash? Did you witness a crime? Or maybe you have information about ongoing criminal activity in the Madison area. We give cash for clues. Madison Area Crime Stoppers is a nonprofit organization that helps prevent and solve crimes in our community by working with Dane County residents, law enforcement agencies, and media partners. So how does it work? When you share information with Crime Stoppers, a confidential code will be generated to protect your identity. If your tip results in an arrest and filing of criminal charges or the apprehension of a fugitive, you'll receive a cash reward. Keep your tip ID and password so you can check the status of your tip. Once the arrest or apprehension is confirmed, arrangements will be made for you to collect your reward anonymously. Your confidentiality is important to us. Any individual who contacts Crime Stoppers will always remain anonymous. Call 608-266-6014 or go to p3tips.com. Madison Area Crime Stoppers, your safety is always our priority. A unique style of great country music. It's Colt Ford. With the outlaw southern sounds of the Lax. Performing live Sunday, August 14th at Ho-Junk Gaming, Wisconsin Dells. Tickets are on sale now through Ticketmaster. See John Deere in the It's Colt Ford and the Lax. Sunday, August 14th at Ho-Junk Gaming, Wisconsin Dells, your grown-up getaway. Must be 21 to attend the Colt Ford and Lax concert and to enter the gaming floor. When it comes to custom jewelry, get to know your Denny's jeweler. The way Denny's works custom is based on emotions and it's based on the clients, what they are feeling and wanting and looking for and eventually it evolves into this piece of art. I'm Nick Denny. Come meet the entire Denny's family at Denny's Jewelers. How does this make any sense? What do you think? Before I tell you the name, I know who the name is. Before I say that, what are the Brewers most need before the trade deadline here? I would say the biggest need would be center field, and that's clearly the biggest need. Oh, or a guy with a guy with a stick, right? Like a center fielder with a bat. Yeah. Let me ask you this. What if you got a guy who was batting 159? Would that do anything for you? No. Why in the world are the Brewers then linked to one Joey Gallo for the New York Yankees? Yeah, but the weirdest part is it's not just him. It's multiple other teams. It's like the Padres, the Rays. <laughs> I get it's like a guy that... He played third base. He played some corner outfield. So in theory for the Milwaukee Brewers, that could fit a little bit of the bill. But all of a sudden, Luis Arias, Colton Wong have started swinging the bats decently well. Now, Colton Wong still can't figure out how to use his glove, no. but uh, which is weird. But yeah, all of a sudden, Luis Arias and Colton Wong over the last month and a half have raised their batting averages like both roughly 20 or more points. So I don't know if, if third base is now that big of a need if those two guys continue to play well. But, yeah, I get it. It could be a need. But the fact that he's sucked this bad. This now, terrible. It, it, it has been. Could it be a change of scenery? Could it be he just doesn't like the New York media and being under the spotlight? Because he played a lot better in Texas. Yeah. I don't know. Joey Gallo to me has always been a big swinger miss guy. He's he's well, now he's just a miss guy. Yeah, he's definitely a she gone movement guy, and he's been missing a lot. Yeah, he is tough. One fifty nine, he is batting. Um, in fact, Yankee fans are even booing him when he's out there wearing the pinstripes. 
and the Milwaukee Brewers from John Heyman and a couple other people linked with discussions with the Yankees for one Joey Gallo. Well, I mean, he's kind of turned into Chris Davis, if you remember the Baltimore Oriole. Yeah. Not the former Brewer, but the other Chris Davis. With a C. Yeah, had a couple of really good years, and then all of a sudden became a guy that can't even hit 200 and really isn't even producing much power either. I'm... If it's me in the front office, I get that. Hey, maybe if you can somehow find that Joey Gallo from years ago where he bats like 240 and hits like 35 bombs and he's actually a decent player, Mm. I get it. But I just, if it's me, I'm not going after Joey Gallo. I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to give up anything to get that. 159. Like you should give up a bag of balls to get, I wouldn't even want to give up a bag of balls. the, I would have to have the Yankees be like, here, take would you give him up, from us. Would you give up Hank the dog for him? You mean Hank 5? Yeah, and whatever clone they're on now of Hank. Would you give up Hank's like third, fourth generation of clone? I, I wouldn't give up anything for Joey Gallo. Uh, the, well, the past year has demonstrated how low the floor is. Gallo is perhaps the most intriguing bat on the trade block because he has plenty of upside of his career and maybe just needs a change of scenery. I'd have to have the Yankees pay for a lot of that contract and uh, they maybe get like a low level minor leaguer. Uh, Let's see here. Gallo. Let's see here. Gallo is known for his extreme three true outcomes approach for his career. 37.1% of his plate appearances have ended in a strikeout. 15% 15% in a walk, and 6.4% in home runs. Gallo owns just a lifetime .201 batting average, but the walks and home runs have helped him post a solid 111 OPS+. plus. He has also provided value in the field, grading as a plus outfielder. He's batting 159. Yeah, and he doesn't play center field. Like, we're already pulling our hair out with the Milwaukee Brewers before the All-Star break of uh, how some of these guys were using their stick. And now you want to bring in a guy who's 159? Yeah, but the thing is, oh, he's a plus defender in the outfield. I know he also played third base, but Ebo, <laughs> you have Christian Yelich in left. You have Renfro in right. Mm-hmm. Renfro has been a solid defender for the Milwaukee Brewers, more so because of his arm. Well, you got Jonathan Davis in center, Rowdy. You don't have anyone in center. Joey Gallo's not going to play center field. Christian Yelich at this stage in his career is not going to play center field. And Hunter Renfro could probably be thrown in center field if you're in a pinch, but that's going to be even worse than when they had to throw Aviso Garcia in center field. What was that? Two years ago when they were in a real pinch. Yeah. That, that would look even worse than that. What is your gut telling you about the Milwaukee Brewers and what they're going to do tomorrow? I don't think they do much to be honest. I think they don't. I think they stand. It's the stand patter. They might get another arm for bullpen depth. That's all they're going to do. And maybe, maybe like a quick little patch job for like an outfielder. You bet she thinks your tractor's sexy. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Judging by the latest crop progress report from the Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service, there were a lot of tractors rolling over the past seven days' time. That's just some of the information we've got coming up on this Tuesday morning. I'm Pam Yankee. Glad you're along with us. One person that won't be along with us this morning, John Heinberg. He's feeling a bit under the weather, so we'll have to catch up with him next week. But that's all right. Plenty to talk about, including... Rodeos. When you get a chance to enjoy a rodeo, do you ever stop and think about the care that goes into the animals involved in that rodeo? Allison Lund's got a cool story about bucking bulls coming up 
before we finish up on a Tuesday. Daytime highs today expected to be around 86 degrees under sunny skies. Tomorrow, maybe a thunderstorm in the morning. 85 are expected high. Thursday, the beginning of the Wisconsin State Fair, sunshine and 82 degrees. So today is the second day of August. On this day, back in 1961, the Lone Ranger appeared at the Rock County Fair. With a cloud of dust and a mighty high-ho silver, the Lone Ranger and his horse, Silver, appeared at the Rock County Fair. Clayton Moore was the actor that played the Lone Ranger, the masked horseman, champion of law and order, and he was a huge hit at the Rock County Fair. He played to two shows, The Packed Grandstand, along with Silver, the idol of boys and girls. The Lone Ranger also performed with a second horse, Victor, the Lone Ranger at the Rock County Fair back on this day in 1961. On this day in 1870, the world's first underground railway opened. They called it the Tower Subway. It was under the River Thames in London. It uh, started in 1870, but closed within a few months because of bankruptcy. That tunnel is still there today, but it's used for utilities. And now you know. Well, we know that if you make a trip to the grocery store these days, prices may shock and surprise you. And that includes going down the meat aisle. But Stephanie Hoff joins us this morning with an update on the trends producers are dealing with when it comes to production of pork, beef, and poultry. Margins for every species, including beef, are extremely tight right now. This is according to DATCAP Livestock Market Specialist Jeff Swenson. He gives us an update on cattle inventories and prices as we get into the dog days of summer. It's difficult for uh, producers to pencil in a profit in, in some cases, especially if they're having to buy feed. And our cattle prices are in a lull right now. We, we would normally see cattle prices come down this time, this time of year as we reach the dog days of summer and we get after uh, past the 4th of July and we see less demand for muscle cut. But uh, beef demand it has been fairly strong. We are just seeing a lot of cattle come to market because of drought in, in the south, especially Texas and Oklahoma right now. So a lot of cows on the market. Cow prices at local auction markets are suppressed because of the number of cattle moving in the south. Beef steer prices and dairy steer prices have hold mostly steady with kind of a weaker undertone, probably holding together a little bit better than we expected based on seasonality. What are consumers seeing on the shelves then? The price of the grocery store is still pretty high. So retail beef prices have increased your muscle cuts. So, so that the, the loin cuts, uh, your ribeyes and T-bones and things like that are not increasing in, in price as quickly as more economical cuts in ground beef right now. The frustration for producers is always when wholesale prices and retail prices go up, but prices that they're getting for their cattle remain steady or, or go down. And that's, that's sort of where we're at right now. As you pointed out, it's, it's a little dry here in Wisconsin, but nothing compared to what's going on to the west of us or down south. I'm curious where else that cattle is going uh, besides the market. Are we taking on any capacity in the Midwest, and how are we going to replace those cattle numbers that we're losing? You know, the cattle cycle takes a long time. So when, when uh, producers start to expand their herd, it takes a long time for farmers and ranchers to make that decision to expand, keep those heifers, and get a calf on the ground. But 
we don't know where a lot of those cattle are going. So they, you know, a lot of cattle have been marketed. We got a cattle and inventory report released uh, last week, and we saw that that beef cow numbers have dropped by about two and a half percent compared to a year ago. The number of of beef cattle that that have headed to market, we're a little bit surprised that uh, the herd hasn't shrunk even more than two and a half percent. So maybe some states that do have moisture, that do have uh, good growing conditions right now, uh, are taking on some of those cattle. But we'll have to wait another six months until January to really drill down and, and get a state breakdown of where those cattle are. Jeff Swenson is our state livestock market specialist. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff. When hot weather strikes, cattle are stressed. Feed intake decreases and milk production drops. Summer heat may also impact the performance of your herd's reproductive program. Protect your bottom line this summer. Add BioVet's Bovine Gold Light to the TMR and keep your livestock hydrated, milk production up, and breeding program in check. Add Bovine Gold Light to your operation today. Find BioVet online at bio-vet.com. Bio-vet.com. The Wisconsin Farmers Union promoting the Dairy Together program. Julie Bomar, Executive Director with the Wisconsin Farmers Union, with us again today to talk about the Dairy Together program. How will it work, Julie, as far as producers are concerned? Well, each farm establishes a milk production base. That's determined by their historic production and adjusted annually. There's an allowable rate of growth. If farmers choose to go beyond that allowable rate of growth, they pay a market access fee, and that goes into a pool that's distributed amongst all the farmers who kept within their allowable rate of growth. So it's a way of controlling that growth and decreasing the volatility and the up and down cycle that they've been experiencing. Making that price better over the long haul, not the spikes we see now. And really to stop that horrible treadmill of overproduction, which is hurting everybody right now. The Growth Management Program, Dairy Together, put forth by the Wisconsin Farmers Union. Julie Bomar, Executive Director of the Farmers Union, with us on our Farmers Union Minute. Well, Wisconsin farmers have been using the weather to their advantage when it comes to the winter wheat harvest. The latest update from the Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service shows as of Sunday, 56% of our winter wheat had already been harvested. Winter wheat conditions were rated 83% good to excellent. That's down about two percentage points in a week, but again... Harvest is moving along at a pretty good clip, and thank you very much for all your yield results. Uh, Sounds like it has been a very, very good crop for some winter wheat producers in Wisconsin, and the quality looks very good also. Our Wisconsin potato harvest is also underway. About 7% of the spuds have already been dug. As far as the rest of our crops, the corn is silking on 56% of our acres. 7% of our corn had reached the dough stage. Corn condition rating, 77%, good to excellent, down two percentage points in a week. 77% of our soybeans are blooming, and about 41% of that crop is setting pods. 77% of our soybeans rated good to excellent. That's also down two percentage points in a week. So a little give and take when it comes to the quality of the crop that we've got out there. Markets this morning are feeling a lot of downward pressure. Dow Jones Industrial Average this morning down more than 150 points, and I'm afraid corn, beans, and wheat are going in the same direction. The December corn is down 8 right now, 601. November soybeans are down 14.5 at 1391. The wheat for September is down 17 cents, 783 a bushel. Yesterday in Chicago, barrel cheese dropped three quarters of a cent to 188. 
Forty pound block cheese was down three and a quarter cents at one eighty four and three quarters. Double A butter dropped a quarter of a cent to two ninety eight and three quarters per pound. The fluid milk for August is down six cents at twenty forty. September milk's unchanged at twenty fifty a hundredweight as we get started on a Tuesday. You know, some of our corn and soybean acres across the state being converted to energy acres. I know it is a contentious discussion point in a lot of neighborhoods. Solar farms, wind farms popping up across the state of Wisconsin. But now Wisconsin Congressman Tom Tiffany has got an idea. It's called the Farm Act. And he said that would require people to think a little bit longer before they commit their acres to energy farms. The Farm Act would take away the subsidy that wind and solar developers get when they convert farmland. They can still build the wind and solar facilities. They just would not get the federal subsidy, which is very significant. And uh, the reason for that is I'm very concerned about agricultural land being um, converted away from agricultural production. As we're seeing food shortages around the world and more of them on the way, the way it looks, That's Wisconsin Congressman Tom Tiffany from the Wausau area. The Future Agriculture Retention and Management Act, also known as the Farm Act, trying to keep farmland in production and uh, not becoming a part of the energy grid. Tiffany says taxpayers should not be in the business of transforming prime agricultural land into wind and solar farms. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has estimated that over 100,000 acres of Wisconsin farmland was taken out of production last year because of development and other uses. Tiffany wants to see that end. Coming up in just a moment, talk about power of a whole different type. If you've ever had an opportunity to enjoy a rodeo, you know that it's high energy performances. And I'm not just talking about the riders, those uh, folks that are on the backs of those bucking bronx or those that are brave enough to ride the bulls. I'm talking about the animals themselves. They're athletes unto themselves. And now, how do you find out if a horse is a good bucking bronc? How do you find out if a bull's got what it takes? Well, guess what? Up next, Allison Lund takes us behind the screen to find out more about the top quality stock it takes to be in the rodeo. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Sweet Metal Roofing customers choose us because they don't want to worry about their roof anymore. There's no curling, it won't blow off, and you won't find granules in your gutters. It's one and done. It is the last roof you'll ever need. I'm Mike. And Mary Sweeta. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a Sweeta Metal Roof. S-W-I-T-A MetalRoofing.com Sweeta Metal Roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. When you're shopping around for a pre-owned vehicle, you know what you want. A shiny, fun-to-drive ride that won't let you down. But how do you know if it's reliable? A Wisconsin State Inspection is 60 points, which means checking 60 things. Most dealerships follow that playbook. Bergstrom Automotive isn't exactly what you would call most dealerships. Bergstrom performs a 172-point inspection on all pre-owned vehicles before they're even chosen to be on the lot. 172. That's 112 more areas where the vehicle needs an exam. With that much attention, you know they're looking at parts and pieces you probably didn't even know exist. Do the math. 
a 60-point inspection, or 172. And all to make sure you're safe, confident, and happy with your pre-owned purchase. Choose from over 1,500 elaborately inspected pre-owned vehicles at Bergstrom Automotive. Join the Bergstrom Auto Family. Not only is William Thomas Custom Jewelry known for creating unique pieces... They're unique in their approach. They actually encourage you to shop around at other jewelry stores first. You'll quickly realize that William Thomas is no doubt your forever jewelry resource. Experience William Thomas Custom Jewelry. They'll help you create a -a one-of-a-kind piece that you'll be proud to wear from day one. William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. If your workout includes baling hay and pitching pens, then you'll be comfortable right here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, you want to talk about a workout. If you've ever had the opportunity to enjoy a rodeo, you know what kind of a workout everybody gets connected with that show. You've got people in the backgrounds that are moving the livestock around. You've got the clowns in the center ring that are acting as distractors. And, of course, you've got the riders, whether it's a bucking Brock or a muscly bull, they are really getting a workout. This morning, Allison Lund joins us with a story about how they select the livestock that are involved in that rodeo and the fantastic care that they get. Allison? Bucking bulls are the athletes of the animal world. With that comes some extra care and screening for desired traits. I'm Allison Lund for the Midwest Farm Report. Corey Check is the owner and operator of CC Bucking Bulls out of Gaze Mills. He shares more about what it takes to raise rodeo bulls, but first starts by outlining the size of their business. Right now we're at about uh, 50 bulls, and then we have uh, approximately 10, 12 horses, uh, which are mostly like riding horses that... We carry like the uh, opening, the American flag on for openings and then picking up uh, rodeos and stuff like that. What does the care of these animals look like and how does that vary from production livestock? With the rodeo bulls, a lot of checking fence. um, And we do have, I wouldn't say a lot, but right now, especially that we're like in the heat of the season right here, as far as like rodeos going on and bull ridings, we have a few of the bulls that get sore, um, you know, injuries, pulled muscles mostly, that uh, every day we're usually doctoring bulls and checking bulls, you know, going through the herd and all that little injuries kind of like, you know, because they are the athletes of rodeo. Um, so it's the same deal, you know, they get sore and, and bruised up and, you know, stuff like that. So between doctoring and then feeding you know the animals we put them on a pretty high ration of feed right now to keep their energy level up so it sounds like it's sort of a little bit of an extra time investment and you bring up a unique point because these animals are performing throughout the summer months how do you keep them cool and keep them performing correctly actually the rodeo bulls they got most of them have or pretty much all of them have part brahma in them and that breed of animal is kind of made for the heat you know so they actually take the heat really good um they're not like the big beef bulls where they're kind of panting in that all the time um and they're in shape where you know we 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 don't necessarily exercise our bulls but they run out on 50 acres of really steep terrain and 
and then gathering them every day that we go to rodeos, you know, we go out on horseback and uh, get the bulls up out of the hills and that. So they're exercised and in pretty darn good shape, you know. So between all that, uh, they they perform pretty well. And you mentioned that they're part Brahma. Are there any other breeds that you select for in rodeo bulls? And are there any other reasons why you would select those breeds? Um, we don't necessarily go on the breeding end. We go more like uh, on the the sire, the most of the bulls, not all of them, most of them are registered anymore. So we go on what the sire in the dam is. Um, then more of like if they're a Brahma or a Longhorn or an Angus or something like that, you know, because they're pretty much all crossbred. Uh, all the rodeo bulls are, are like that. So, And that's a good point to bring up. I was curious, what are some of the traits that you're selecting for when you're breeding for these animals or what are desired traits that you're looking for in a bucking bull? They have bred them uh, so long now that like we can look back and with all the rodeo bulls cross country is try to find that sire that is produced, you know, some good bulls than just going out and saying, Oh, you know, let's try to breed this one that no one really knows if he actually even produces. But if we do, we always look back at what the sire has done, you know, or how he's bucked in his stats when we do try to pick one to breed to. And is there, like, a, a correct way for them to buck? I mean, obviously there's got to be some that perform better than others in the ring. Oh, yeah. We look at uh, how much kick they have with their hind feet, how high they kick, and then how fast they spin. Basically, kick and spin and, you know, electric, how electric they are. And, and then a lot of it, too, is, believe it or not, is their feet, you know, of, if the sire had bad feet and some of the calves before are having bad feet, then we do not, I try not to breed to them anyway, just because, you know, obviously they got to have really good feet. If they're sore on their feet, they're not going to perform for you. Yeah, that would definitely make sense as that's a really important part in what they do. And uh, when you have calves that are born that you're looking to put into the rodeo circuit can you tell right away if they're going to perform well or if they have the traits you're looking for is there any training that goes into it you can't really tell until you actually buck them and we will we'll buck them at about a year year and a half old with what we call is like a little uh dummy it's like a little box and it's got a remote control on it we'll put it on there and buck them as a calf and then that we got a remote control to where we can click it, and that dummy will come off, and we just buck them for like four or five seconds to see how much kick and electricity they have. And then after that, when we buck them a few times, we just let them go until they're a two-year-old, come back and do that again. And then we don't actually start putting riders on them until maybe a long two-year-old, but or 